All right, cut the shitty music. All right, all right, hold on. Welcome to the Post-College Podcast, a.k.a. the PCP. We are your hosts, Michael and Ben. You can find more episodes of the PCP on your favorite streaming app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Welcome to episode five, where we are going to explore how to build and grow your social network. I'm Michael. I'm Ben. And on this episode, we're going to be having a conversation with my friend Izzy, who I have known since my childhood and now lives in New York. So Izzy, are you on the call with us right now? Hey, everyone. Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. So since we actually all went to school at UCSB, we somehow keep having SB guests on. We kind of ran in the similar groups, but I don't think you and Michael actually met. So can you catch Michael up on where we're from and then where you were the last like two years and your transition after SB? Yeah, definitely. So I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up in kind of the same circle that Ben did, the Russian Jewish community. Mm -hmm. I was part of a lot of like the Russian world there, and then also a part of the same Jewish youth group growing up. I went to Lindbergh High School and then graduated, went to UCSB. I was studying political science and communication. And then at UCSB, I was involved in Theta. I was involved in like a business frat called AK Psi for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd say most of my friends were from Greek life or that business frat. And then the rest of people I met when I was involved in student government or just people that I was kind of friends with in the dorm. So that's basically, I guess, my circle. Gotcha. And I didn't catch that. Did you transfer in or were you there for all four years? I was there for all four years. I went straight as a freshman. Yeah. Did that help you set up kind of a friend circle in the dorms as well? Like that kind of get kickstarted everything? Is that how you maybe transitioned into Greek life and stuff like that? Yeah. I only joined Greek life as a sophomore. So I had a good mix of people I met through Greek, Greek life. And then just like some of my closest friends, people I lived with sophomore year and kept in touch with all college were from Santa Rosa dorms and like, you know, people you meet in dining commons or out and about. Mm-hmm. Nice. And Izzy, what area are you living in now in New York? We were on FaceTime last weekend. You showed me the view. It's awesome. I've never been to the East Coast or New York, so I have no idea. Can you kind of paint a picture of your current living situation, the area? And we also had an episode on rent, so I think it'd be interesting that people note that Michael and I actually pay less money to live in LA than Izzy pays in New York for a three-bedroom apartment. (laughs) Will you guys combined pay less in rent than I pay for my three bedroom? No, not not combined. But you okay. you pay like a hundred dollars more than each okay. of us for our rooms. Yeah. So I live in Manhattan, and my friends that live in Brooklyn. I have like a couple friends that live in Queens, but most of the friends I have in New York mostly live in Manhattan. Um, I live in Lower Manhattan, so um, south of Midtown. I'd say like for people who aren't from New York, that means like south of Fiftieth Street. I live on Thirtieth and like. I guess, Eastern Manhattan. So it's like a pretty young area. I'm like, I live in Kips Bay, but like a lot of other people call it Murray Hill. Another popular mm-hmm. area that like young people in Manhattan live in is like the East Village or like West Village. I live with three. So there's three of us here. There's two roommates. I didn't know them before I lived here. They're from like other schools that don't really like feed into New York City. Um, uh-huh. And we combined pay like roughly 5300 to live here. Per person, that's like, you know, 17, 1800 a month. Yeah. Just to visualize it, it's like 900 square feet. But we're lucky we have a balcony, so we do have like a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. Wow. That's definitely nice. So you grew up in the Bay Area, similar to me. I ended up in LA. You ended up in New York. How did you end up on the East Coast? I mean, I've, I've really dreamed of being in New York and on the East Coast for as long as I can remember. I was looking at the East Coast for some colleges, but I think I didn't really know what I wanted to study. 
Um, Mm -hmm. I was just general humanities. And so I couldn't justify like out of state costs at the time when I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went Mm -hmm. to the loved it. Don't regret it at all. I think it mellowed me out. I'm like pretty type A. So I think UCSD chilled me out a little bit. And then I ended up knowing I wanted to be, like I said, on the East coast, but as a political science major, I was kind of debating whether I wanted to go into like the private sector or the public sector. So I had two internships. Mm -hmm. I interned with Wells Fargo in Boston, which obviously is a bank and in the private sector. And then I also interned through UCSB's UCDC program for Mm -hmm. the Federal Communication Commission, which is like, you know, part of government. And I ended up liking my banking internship a little bit better. I asked them if they would transfer me to New York. And that's how I ended up here. I hadn't ever really lived in New York before I got here, but turned out pretty well so far. So thanks to that internship, you ended up, you knew you had a job, so you didn't move totally with the unknown. And did you meet your roommates through work? Like, are they coworkers of yours? Or did you just use a Facebook group? How did you, how did you find that first group, which I, I would assume is the roommates? Like my roommate here is definitely my best friend in LA. So how did you get acquainted with them? So it's actually funny. So I started looking for roommates early on because I mean, I knew a few people from SV that were moving here, but I didn't know what time. I didn't know what their jobs were. So I was really looking for people that were also working in finance, would kind of be on the same schedule as I was. Mm-hmm. You know, we wake up at similar times in the morning, like are interested in similar types of things. So I like read a bunch of blogs, you know, how to find a roommate in New York. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of apps like were recommended. And so one of the first apps I got onto was Roomy and essentially felt like like a dating app for roommates. You kind of like swipe through, you put in your like criteria of like what you're looking for, what your rent is, what area you want to live in. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, a roommate finder back in Ivy. Everyone's like, oh, I'm laid back and fun. That's same thing. But then yeah. I, I met up, I was visiting New York for fun one time and I met up with one of the girls that I was talking about living with. Her name's mm-hmm. Riley. Shout out Riley. If you ever listen to this. Hopefully she does. Yeah, hopefully she does. And then we were talking, got along. She works at another bank in sales and trading. So it was just Mm -hmm. interesting to like have another roommate that was like, again, also in finance, but a different type than I was. Yeah. And we decided to live together, but we kind of wanted like a more monetized building. So we like wanted to live with the third person just because you kind of get more bang for your buck typically in New York if you're Mm -hmm. living with the third. And then we found Mira and she also works at a bank as an investment banker. So we never met Mira, but we got here and three of us get along really well. And so I guess shout out with the roomy app because the online roommate dating experience worked out for us that's great and you did it from across the country which is super cool yeah and they're all from different states too so none of us you know i mean riley's from upstate new york Mm -hmm. okay Uh, where where from in upstate she's from rochester no kidding that's where i'm from oh no way maybe you guys i guess know each other (laughs) i have yeah a bunch of people that ended up in new york city but i don't know Izzy, so you went to SB. I know a couple people ended up in New York from SB. Do you hang out with them? Like, did you meet people who you didn't know back at school, but you met now and just because you guys had that in common? Or do you have people through Theta that you're now friends with? How did you build the social circle? So there's like this really sad UCSB, like, to New York Facebook page that I think was made maybe like 10 years ago. I was really uh-huh. excited to like find this UCSB community here, but it's not like as strong as it would be in LA or San Francisco. I think like kids from UCLA, Berkeley end up moving a lot more to like based on the recruiting structure they have at those schools mm-hmm. in New York City than from UC Santa Barbara. But there are a lot of people from Greek life that moved here. And I think there's like a camaraderie between us. Like we do spend time together. There's a lot of girls from 
Theta, my big from Theta, Emily Freitas actually moved here. And then mm-hmm. some of our other friends like Taylor Salmon's also moved here. So that's been like fun to reconnect with them. And then just some like other girls from sororities that also moved here. But I'd say like a lot of the friends that I've met here are new, not necessarily from UCSB. Yeah. And how do you meet them? Uh, like, I know that's one of the most difficult things after school. For instance, at my work, I had a training class of 60 plus people. Wow. So there were a ton of people to meet. And then, you know, you meet a couple of them, you meet their friends and you can find activities to do and build a circle from there and then narrow it down. So how did you go from just knowing the roommates? Cause they're also not from New York yeah. to now having a group. I know you said now you feel like, would you say New York's home and you feel like you have a, a solid group there? I definitely think New York is home. I wouldn't say that I have like a go-to group. I definitely have go-to friends, but it's not the same as college was by all means. Right. I think when I first got here the first month, was, I moved here like five days after graduation. So that first month was mm-hmm. chaotic. Like just let's get my life together and get settled. Yeah. And then after that, I think I first started meeting people through work. I knew like a few of the interns from like the prior summer, one girl from Boston that I interned with. And then mm-hmm. a couple of people I'd met when I'd done like intern trips to New York. And then I'd say as a whole, like the Wells Fargo program is broken up into like different lines of business and not, not to get too into it, but like specifically the, the people from my work that I hang out with the most are like the analysts within the real estate group. Mm-hmm. There's six that just started at the same time as me. And then within my group alone, there's like t- roughly 20 people ranging from 22 to 26. So we do happy hours, group outings. I remember Very like, cool. one of the first things we did this summer was maybe like a month in was like a company kickball event where mm-hmm. all, I'd say a lot of the younger people went to like Central Park and like played a kickball game and like had some drinks afterwards. Um, so that was a good time. And then, so that's one group of people and I'm lucky yeah. they like my coworkers because I spend so much time with them. Mm-hmm. I guess like another group of people I met friends through was through my roommates and their jobs and friends. They obviously have like similar structures for like their analyst programs. Yep. And so I've met like a lot of them. I also joined Core Power Yoga before like coronavirus. I was going there a good bit. Uh-huh. And you and I have been talked about this earlier, but like I did Core Power Yoga back in Santa Barbara and like back in San Jose. And it almost seemed like just like a place you go to and do yoga. Whereas here people like treat it as a community. Like they go out for drinks together and like hang out like outside of the studio because I think people are like really looking for community in that in bigger cities. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I guess this is more specific to me being Jewish, but I was fortunate enough to go to a lot of Jewish summer camps back in the day. So yeah. A lot of, and you know, a lot of those summer camp friends ended up in the city. So it was a lot of like initially awkward reintroductions of like, Hey, I knew you when we were 15. Do you want to grab like a drink or a meal and catch up and like usually you just pick up right where you left off and so I've reconnected with like a lot of those friends yeah that's great I want to go back to core power for a second because it's interesting that you went to core power in SB and you went to core power in the Bay Area and had such a different experience in New York yeah and that's something that I think people don't think about because in my head I would have thought like oh I went to core power here it's not gonna be different did you go to core power for just a yoga class initially and end up finding a community? Or did you also hear that that's a great way to meet new people in the city? So I actually worked at Core Power in Santa Barbara. I know if you like help right. studio or work the front desk, you get like a practically free or discounted membership depending on the location. So New York Studio is pretty expensive. And I decided instead of like paying for it, I would do like the same thing here. So I like worked, it was like only one hour a week. And that I think is what made it feel a little bit more like a community. I don't know if you just like, go into the studio like without 
working, if you'll like have that same feeling. But I do know, like I felt like in New York, the instructors, when they were at the front desk, greeting people that would be coming to their classes, they would really make an effort to know everybody's name and like invite them to hang out or offer to help them on like certain poses after class, things like, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed like a little above and beyond what I've seen before. And going into those happy hours and events, one thing that we talked about before this call was how much saying yes is important at the beginning. And then at what point did you feel like you could start saying no and narrowing it down and then feel like people went from people you met to people you're now friends with? What's kind of that like tipping point? I mean, I guess just as a disclaimer, I feel like I'm still building up my social world here. Like I'm pretty extroverted and I think... I guess before Corona, I was living here for about nine months. So I did feel start to feel like a little bit more settled, but I was definitely still trying to meet people all the time. Yeah. But I think when I first got here, like my social, like trying to build a social, I felt almost like a second job, you know, I get off at six and Mm -hmm. we'd be trying to see, you know, what can I do? Who can I meet? What can I see? Part of that was just being in a new city and trying to see as much as I could. But my roommates always joke, like they were like, is you need to chill out a little bit. But it was definitely exhausting like at first to try to meet people. And I think about six months in, I'd say around New Year's, like I had New Year's with a really fun group of people. Mm-hmm. And I think I started feeling a little bit more settled. And from that point on, felt like I could pick and choose a little bit more like what I did go to and what I didn't. I felt like, you know, if you spend one Saturday afternoon or, or a weekday evening, just like not trying to be out and about as much as possible. You know, I'd be mm-hmm. okay. I wasn't missing out. Got it. Great. We're going to take a quick break right now and talk about the sponsor of today's episode. Michael, would you like to tell us who today's sponsor is? Yeah, sure. Just real quick, I'd like to share today's sponsor, which is thepostcollegepodcast.com, where you can find new podcasts every Monday on your favorite podcast app like Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Izzy, if you were to have chilled out, do you think it would have been a different social circle that you'd end up with like if you moved if you had to move again to a new city let's say for work hopefully you don't have to deal with that but if you had to move again is there any part of the process that you could take out or feel you could do better to get settled in faster that's a good question i think moving here has made me more confident about the ability to like move somewhere else and restart obviously it's mm-hmm. scary i think i could have like definitely at the beginning taken more time to myself to just you know, like walk around on my own. But I think I, I don't know if I would do like anything differently. I think it was really important at the beginning for me to like reach out to as many people as I could and try to, you know, like we said, say yes. Mm -hmm. And going into taking that time for yourself, we talked about this in our routines episode. I think it's really important. Did it feel strange or even a little bit down when you weren't spending time with people? Like I know my first few weeks in LA, probably actually first few months, it was just it was very similar to your experience in New York, where it was like, all right, gotta you know go to happy hour after work and meet these people and do this and do that, and it was just so much going on all the time that it was always very high energy. And then all of a sudden, when it was just me walking around, I felt like, oh, I'm not making good use of my time. Did you feel that pressure kind of on? Totally, and also I'm sure it's the same in other cities too. But I moved here like in peak summer, and in New York, like the activities that people are doing are very seasonally based. It was new for me from California. So in the summer, everybody's out on rooftop bars and like hanging out and like just very around in big groups. And that was almost a little bit intimidating as I was like trying to build my own. 
world here. Yeah. So it did like when I was, you know, walking on my own or just exploring the city, getting settled, even if I was like going to Target to buy something, you'd see a group of like 10 people. It was a little intimidating, but I don't feel intimidated by it anymore. What did you do to kind of settle your nerves or help you out? Like what kind of gave you more confidence to just be able to be like, okay, well, I can go out and be at a rooftop bar or whatever. Well, I, I don't think I would go to like a rooftop bar on my own. That wasn't what I was doing. But I think as like made, bad example. I think like as I made, I just as I made more friends and started doing the same thing that other people were, I was like, oh, like well, I could be doing that if I wanted to. I'm not not mm-hmm. doing it because I can't. Gotcha. Yeah, I want to hop into social media real quick, more so with FOMO. So it sounds like FOMO is a huge thing when moving to a new city. Did you feel like social media helped or hurt in? your, I guess, both mental health and building the social circle? Like, did you find new friends through social media or new activities go to? And also, did you see people posting what they were doing? And then you felt like, oh, I wish I was doing that right now. I didn't have FOMO about what people were doing in New York because I didn't know anybody doing anything in New York. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, you know, all these people I've met are doing something without me because I just didn't know people that were doing stuff here. I did yeah. have a bit of FOMO when like my best friends back home we're doing things. And I was like, wow, you know, I really wish I was at this bar with them in San Francisco or look at how yeah. cool it was in LA. And I don't think I ever got to the point where I was like, oh, I want to be in those cities instead of here. But I did miss like the comfort of what they were doing, mm-hmm. the people they were doing it with. I think social media played a role here in like once I met somebody that I wanted to do something with, like inviting them to an event that I discovered through social media. But there was like mm-hmm. Facebook or like some kind of pop-up that showed up on Instagram or a museum that was having like a Friday night that was free of charge type of thing. I think yeah. at that point, that's a little bit more of where like social media played in like finding things to do. Yeah. And did you find most of those activities when you were building that friend circle were usually in groups or did you start spending time with people one-on-one like you'd meet them? I don't know, at work or you'd meet them at some sort of social event and then you guys would spend time just one-on-one friends or is it more groups like in college? I think it's probably both. I mean, when I'd first meet somebody and get to know them like one-on-one probably or like, you know, a smaller group. And then eventually once you're better friends, I felt, you know, you'd be more comfortable like doing bigger group things. And it started like, you know, maybe one analyst and I would get like a drink after work and catch up, get to know each other more. And then mm-hmm. like you're better friends and you're more comfortable in, you know, bigger groups. Yeah. I guess a bit of both. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So you've spent almost a year now in New York. You've met a ton of people. You said yes to a lot of events and narrowed it down, made your social networks and friend groups. And now with Corona, unfortunately, we can't hang out with any of them. But Did you notice any patterns when it came down to the people you met? Can you classify, categorize, or group them into segments of the type of people you met or where they're from originally? Yeah, I I can. And this is based off of my observations. I'm sure you can break up people into like multiple different other ways. Mm -hmm. Just like some general observations I've had. I think that there's generally three different types of people that move or live in a new city. Okay. The first are people that are from that area. So I guess being New York specific, that's people that are from New York or the tri-state area. And these people typically have friends in a community kind of dating back to when they were little kids. Mm-hmm. They might go home on the weekends. They have, I don't know, summer homes, like beach homes, like all of that. Yeah. And they're like more comfortable. The second group of people is people that entire college friend group kind of picked up from more whatever 
and for New York, like big 10 schools that they lived in mm-hmm. or what, and kind of picked up and just migrated to New York City. And I'm sure, you know, in LA and San Francisco, you see kind of the same thing. And those people generally stick within that friend group. But a lot of the times I found it's pretty easy to like meet those people. They're very friendly and like hang out with that friend group or, you know, kind of be adopted into it. Yeah. Shout out my Tulane friends. And the third group is people like me. They're a little bit more transplanty where you don't know anybody. And we find a lot of like solidarity with one another. I think a lot of the events I go to, you see a lot more people that aren't from like some kind of a set social circle. And those people are the ones that are like kind of trying to build up their social world as much as possible. I think one Mm -hmm. thing I also wanted to add that Ben, you and I talked about is that it's not hard to meet people in a city at all. I feel like I met like one to two people per week in New York City, but I mm-hmm. thought it was a little bit harder was the effort that goes into like seeing that person for like a second, third, fourth time yeah, and feeling like they're like actually a part of your circle because hanging out just doesn't happen as organically as it did in college when everyone just kind of existed in your orbit. So it almost felt like friend dating. <laughs> You're like asking friends to go on friend dates with you. Yeah. Is the challenge there in scheduling because people's schedules just don't line up? Or do you think it's because some people, I mean, sometimes you're not in the mood to hang out. So you might schedule something and then, you know, people bail on the plans or what's the difficulty of that second or third time? Like who, who initiates? I mean, it's not really, it's not even that difficult. I think it's just like the intentionality of it. And you have to limit it so much less time when you're an adult and working that deciding how do I spend, you know, my eight hours each day on a weekend and how do I want to like break that up? Yeah. You, you really value it. So I want to go back to the friends that pick up and move together to a new city from college. Right. So they're really comfortable. And I kind of think of that similar to relationships almost where it's like, it's great when you're in it, but it's really hard if it ends. So for me, I'd say moving to LA has been a big challenge, but thankfully I still have my home friends, which is nice. Do you think it'll it's going to be easier for you? You have a lot more networking skills than those people because you were kind of thrown out without a safety net. You know what I mean? Like when those when those apartments of college people like split up and live in their own places, do you think they're going to find it harder to make new friends? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're pretty social, like at least from mm-hmm. like the people that I've met. I definitely can't speak for all groups, but I think yeah. it's... It's actually, I think when you have like a group, you have that comfort and it's almost easier to branch out sometimes. So I, I think I could say it both ways. And do you still talk a lot to the people in college? What's the time slip like? How do you communicate with your friends back home? Do you visit? Do you FaceTime? Do you guys text in groups? What's, what's the situation like to make sure you keep those relationships going? I mean, because of Corona, unfortunately, I don't know the next time I'll be back. I was planning on coming back in June, but mm-hmm. I have really, really amazing friends from back home. Shout out everybody, but specifically <laughs> Kaya, Ella, and Michelle, who since mm-hmm. I moved to New York have just like been nonstop support. So when I moved and it was initially difficult for me, they like called me every day and, you know, made sure that I was like, you know, happy and trying to settle in and I yeah. think now we're all kind of settling into our own worlds and our own cities. But I think I'd say one good thing that's happened from quarantine, it's given us like a little bit more of a schedule to talk like even more frequently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we definitely all do keep in touch. And I'm optimistic that we'll be able to, you know, wherever our lives take us. That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. And the last thing I, I want to ask you and cover is since they were so supportive and helpful, what is the biggest piece of being supportive to a friend? 
that's moving to a new city. For instance, I was moving to LA and I was going to move here with my best friend and then he ended up bailing. And thankfully that relationship's still fine. But for me personally, like just having an ear to talk to was helpful. Did you find that it was just having someone to vent to or did they give you specific advice? What did you find the most helpful in terms of being supported from so far away? I think it's exactly that. Just like having a listening ear. Like sometimes, I mean, sometimes I think that applies for like all issues. Sometimes when someone mm-hmm. to talk, they don't necessarily need advice. It's just like having a, you know, a person on the other end of the line that's there to listen to you vent about whatever XYZ thing is going on. Yeah. And then also just distraction, you know, having a dialogue and being able to hear what's going on in their lives. And that's great. Well, Izzy, thank you so much for joining us from New York and taking the time from your weekend. We know you only have a few hours of not working each week. So thank you very much for it. Well, thank you very much for having me on this. This is really cool. I think I, I like think about this a lot because it's definitely been like an interesting transition. So I'm glad you thought of me and I'm sure there's like hundreds of other people that are also going through this. I hope some people can relate a little bit. Yeah, we hope that the listeners got something from your stories. If you have any comments or questions you want to send to us or to Izzy, we can be reached at thepostcollegepodcast at gmail.com. To find more episodes, you can go on to thepostcollegepodcast.com. And from there, you'll find links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, where you can find new episodes of season one coming out on Mondays. Hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh,